The cool thing about side projects is that you don't have to think about the future. All you want to do is just ship it as fast as you can. And tomorrow will be tomorrow, so don't worry about it. I chose almost everything in the mindset of let's get something out there. And as I mentioned, I, I chose a SaaS provider that already provides me the functionality of RSS scraping. I mostly stick with platforms that I'm familiar with. And I really try to like not overcomplicate the technical design, the system design, didn't think about scale. My name is Edo Shamun. I'm the co-founder and CTO at Daily Dev. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the back end. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. Our company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. I was proud of our team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was ahead. Yes, we've been fighting it as we grow. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really It's want it. not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today, Haoido Shimon created the platform that helps you, the developer, stay up to date within a professional network. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open-sourced edge database from the creators of LibSQL. Do you put your edge computing close to your users? You should put your data there, too. Terso makes this easy, utilizing the developer experience of SQLite. Access a free starter plan at terso.tech slash codestory. Terso, welcome to the data edge. This episode is brought to you by our friends at MemberStack. MemberStack is the fastest way for you to launch a beautiful Webflow MVP with robust authentication and smooth payments integration. Join companies like Slack and American Airlines in serving millions of members every single day. Get started for free by visiting memberstack.com slash codestory. Ido Shimun cut his teeth on the C programming language while studying applied mathematics. He was unsure while studying if he should go computer science, but he mentioned that his applied math degree helped him understand better what goes on behind the scenes. He's happily married and enjoys playing music since way back in junior high with the keyboard. He has since moved into guitar and eventually into the drums and heavier music. Ido and his co-founders started out building a side project building a tool to help themselves keep track of what's going on in the industry. After they built a quick tool to aggregate information, they thought that maybe other developers would be interested in this solution as well. This is the creation story of Daily Dev. So Daily Dev is a professional network for developers. The promise that we started with is that we will help you as a developer to stay up to date in everything that's going on in the developer ecosystem. Because, you know, every day there is a new thing and there are hundreds of blogs, hundreds of sources you need to browse and look for relevant news for you. So we started by aggregating everything to the, to the same place. And we realized that developers don't want only to interact with the platform, but they want to interact with other developers. They want to share their key learnings. They want to talk, they want to engage, they want to collaborate with other developers. And so 
in these days, we are turning into a network where you can do all of that. So you can find the relevant content for you while um, talking to other developers on the platform and being part of a developer community. So our story starts as a, as a side project, actually. So we build this tool to help us, basically. Like we had so, so much hard time keeping track of what's going on. And as developers, we knew like, okay, we can solve it. And after these two weeks, we realized maybe we are not the only ones care about this problem. And maybe there are other developers who crave for information like we do. And so we published it on the Chrome store because we started as a Chrome extension, which opens on every new tab that you open because we believe consuming news should be a passive thing, not active. Like you shouldn't think, oh, I want to stay updated. Few weeks later, or a few months, something like that, someone hunted us on product and then we started getting traffic. We started seeing more users, more, more reviews on the store, like very good feedback, very good vibes from the community. We started growing. We did a lot of things, like we talked to users to understand what's their pain and so on. Everything on our free time, because it was a side project. Until the moment, the three of us, we decided to, to go all in and incorporate the company and do it for like full-time job. We raised money, $11 million. Nowadays, we are 100% remote and we are 20 people in the company right now and doing our best to deliver the best product for the developer ecosystem. Let's dive into the MVP then. So that first version of the product you made, the side project, right? How long did it take you to build? You gave me a little bit of there, but I'm looking for tools you use to bring it to life and a little more context about the length it took to build. It roughly took me like two weeks. What I had to build was an RSS scraper that constantly scrapes whatever is new in the closed list of sources that I wanted to, to monitor. Then I had to build a, like the browser extension, which is essentially a web application and an API server that will deliver all the data. Back then I was proficient with JavaScript, so I used JavaScript for everything. I was familiar with Google Cloud for hosting, so this is what I used. And actually Google Cloud is still what we are using. And so I try to stick to platforms that I already was familiar with while combining some new things I didn't know or I wanted to try because essentially this is why we are doing side projects many times, right? So I tried a new, a new web framework or new back then, which we don't, no longer use, but it relied on web components. Right now it's deprecated framework, but it was a nice experience. Ever since then we moved to React. So we no longer using Polymer. And I think I've tried like a SaaS, SaaS provider that does it for me, even the monitoring of RSS scripts and so on. But we no longer use it as well. Like nothing from what I built for the MVP is, is used now. Like we changed completely. Let's stay on the MVP for a second, and I want to dive into some of those decisions and trade-offs you had to make in choosing technology or choosing the tools that you were going to use, um, or even approach. You know, you got to make those decisions and trade-offs. So tell me about those you had to work through, and specifically how you coped with those decisions. 
the cool thing about side projects is that you don't have to think about the future. All you want to do is just ship it as fast as you can. And tomorrow will be tomorrow, so don't worry about it. I chose almost everything in the mindset of let's get something out there. And as I mentioned, I, I chose a SaaS provider that already provides me the functionality of RSS scraping. I mostly stick with um, platforms that I'm familiar with. And I really try to like not overcomplicate the technical design, the system design, didn't think about scale, didn't think about all of those things that you know, senior staff engineers tell you to think about. So I didn't think about it at all. Just wanted to put something out there and and to see if it works or not. And whatever I need to fix, I will fix. This episode is encrypted by Cypherstash. Data breaches are becoming a fact of life. Know why? One of the reasons is because developers lack the right tooling to get the job done, i.e. encryption at rest tools are complex and inadequate. The solution? Encryption in use with Cypherstash. Cypherstash uses searchable encryption in use technology, providing continuous and universal protection for sensitive data. With Cypherstash, you can turn your existing database into a vault, utilizing zero trust key management, SQL native, and with no code. Though encryption is complicated, Cypherstash is easy to use. The tool fully supports SQL via a drop-in driver replacement, supporting the query types you know and love today. And did we mention it's fast? For queries over 100 million records, you can expect additional overhead of less than one millisecond. It's a no-brainer. Get started by reviewing their docs or downloading sample projects in Rails or Node plus SQLize today. Visit cypherstash.com slash codestory and get started protecting your data. This episode is supported by Treble. This day and age, APIs are a fact of life. And as such, product and engineering teams need tooling that is lightweight, real-time, and data-rich to help them ship and maintain APIs faster. That's where Treble comes in. Treble is an all-in-one platform for the entire API lifecycle. The product offers world-class monitoring and observability, providing more than 40 data points for each request, enabling you to understand everything from performance to user behavior. Dashboards help connecting your entire team for lifecycle collaboration. Documentation is automatically generated, saving massive amounts of time for your development team with every new release. And setting up Treble? Super easy and fast. In three simple steps, you can be up and running with their platform. Their pricing is designed to support API teams of all sizes. So get started with Treble today and automate your API ops. Did I mention they have a free forever plan? Find out more by visiting treble.com slash codestory. That's T-R-B-L-L-E dot com slash codestory. So you've got your MVP. It's it's working. You know, you've proved the concept. You're about to go, you know, take it forward as a full-time gig. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? And I think I'm curious about how you built your roadmap and how you go about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with daily dev. It's a combination of of several things that we do. And we've done the way we decide about the roadmap and and the way we move forward is, is a process that we evolve a long time, across time, but the notion of it was there from the first moment. So we rely heavily on user feedback. We have constant stream of user interviews that we do on a weekly basis. 
either ourselves or the product manager like web. And so this serves as one input for our decision making. Then we have the strategy where we see ourselves in a few years from now, where we want to be. This is the second input. And the third input is, is the data, because at this point, Daily Dev, or also back then, Daily Dev was already pretty big in terms of user base and in terms of data. So we use this data to understand what are the pitfalls of the product, how, how users use our product even compared to how we think they use it. And we combine it all together in order to understand what we should work on, what the user want to see, what we want to see on the platform, what the data, what the data shows. And, and then we have a group of people, a group of stakeholders, which includes ourselves, the co-founders, the product managers, data analyst, marketing person, like we try to bring a mix from all the different stakeholders in the company and, and we decide how, how we want to move forward. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? And this this could, could include early days, side project, right? Or as you start to progress forward as a, as a full-time company. So un until we, we got the funding, we didn't hire people, it was just the three of us. But when we, when we got the funding, we had to first ask ourselves like, whether we want to go remote or, or you know, go the classic office-style company. The Daily Dev, in, in its essence, is about creating a global community and bringing all developers, no matter where they are, into the one place, which is Daily Dev, which is our platform. And we believe that Daily Dev as a company, not as a product, should serve as an example for the community of Daily Dev. And hence, we decided to open our doors to everyone who wants to take part of this vision. And we decided that going remote is the best way to serve as an example for them. From there, uh, the first team members that joined, they were actually users on the platform. So they were either like power users on the platforms or contributors on GitHub because some of our project is open source. These were our first uh, team members. And from there, we grew or we looked for people who share the same vision and same values like ourselves. That they want to make impact on the developer ecosystem. They want to contribute their part for the developer community and they share the values of remote, remote work environment, which is all about proactiveness, being owner, like having a sense of ownership, accountability, transparency, all, all this kind, all these kind of values which are very important for us. This episode is supported by Terso. Terso is the open source edge database from the creators of LibSQL, the popular fork of SQLite. If you put your edge computing close to your users, like with Netlify or Vercel edge functions or Cloudflare workers, you should put your data there too in order to maximize performance gains at the edge. Terso makes it easy. With a developer experience of SQLite and a distributed database, you can replicate much closer to your users than traditional database offerings in the cloud. Terso's lightweight, easy to use, and free to get started. The team at Terso is offering a generous starter plan specifically for Code Story listeners. Head over to terso.tech slash codestory and get started today. That's T-U-R-S-O dot tech slash codestory. 
Terso. Welcome to the Data Edge. This episode was automatically optimized by Cast. If you run cloud-native software on AWS, Google Cloud, or Azure, you know how out of hand the bill can get. This uncertainty hurts your business, but you can solve it with Cast AI. Cast AI automates cloud costs, performance, and security management for hundreds of companies of all sizes. The platform's customers begin saving immediately and cut an average of over 60%. So before you go and sign a multi-year contract with a cloud provider or lay people off, check out what Cast AI can do for you. To get you saving even faster, Cast AI is offering a free cloud cost audit with a personal consultation. Visit cast.ai slash codestory to get started. This will be fun to ask, given the audience you're creating for and the type of tool you've built. I'm curious how you approached scalability. Now, I know, I know how you approach scalability as a, in, a, in a side project. I'm curious if this was a factor in your mind even then or if you're fighting this as you grow and gain traction. So until a few months ago, I would say we we fight it through. Like whenever we we bumped into a scaling issue, we fixed it and continue our lives. But now we are consistently going to encounter these issues. So sometimes we decide to tackle it up front with more technical, like proper technical design for things. Sometimes we say, okay, whenever it, it's coming, we will deal with it. So it's, it's a mix and it has a lot of with intuition, like what's important and what's not, because on one end you want to go fast and you want to move fast, but you have some other aspects of the product that are already very mature and you know they, they are here for the long term. So you don't necessarily want to move as fast as you can, but sometimes you want to do the right thing. So you do proper technical design, you think about the scale, a big scaling issue that we had was our analytic system, actually. Back like two years ago or so, one, one and a half years ago, we still use like used off-the-shelf products like Google Analytics, Amplitude, all these sort of tools. And at some point it was, we realized it's going to be super expensive for us. So it's like scaling from finance point of view, not necessarily bandwidth or technical point of view. And we realized that we we need to build our own analytics pipeline and, and our own data lake and so on to store and digest the, the millions and you know terabytes of data that we process. Otherwise it's going to cost tens of thousands of dollars every month that we couldn't afford. Uh, this was interesting insight and which which led to kind of big project that we had to deal with. Okay, so Ido, as you step out on the balcony and look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I think the feedback and the love that we get from the community is the thing I'm most proud of. Because it's one thing to build the product, right? It's one thing to build the product that makes an impact, but it's another thing to see such love that we get back from the community. So like if you look even on the Chrome reviews that we have, every time I go there, I'm just melting inside. Or if you go on social media and see what people share, 
I, I can I can dedicate all day just to read that and I will not get tired of it. So yeah, it's amazing. Like these things I don't get for granted at all. Well, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. I think it was some point where we decided we want to migrate our primary DNS. So back then, we used to be dailynow.co, and nowadays we have daily.dev. And so back then, we were already like tens of thousands monthly active users or so, and we wanted to do this change. Obviously, everything needs to be alive, you can't afford downtime. And I decided to do it on Sunday. I, I made a plan how I'm going to do this migration, what I need to take care of, and, and so on. And I started rolling the migration. Everything looks fine. Everything looks good. Go to the servers, update, update everything, environment variables, everything you need to do. I'm doing some sanity checks on the platform. Looks good. Very happy with myself. Going to take a lunch. I come back and all I see is this <laughs> massive amount of user feedback that they can't sign in and authentication doesn't work and they can log out. And like basically the, the authentication was a mess and it took me a while like to understand. Obviously, like first thing we do is to communicate, to say we're sorry, we are doing this migration, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized there was a tiny bit that I missed in my plan, which is the redirect URLs of the social providers. And I was like, <laughs> wanted to cry in the corner because of such a rookie mistake. I was very hard on myself at this point, but we've gone a long way ever since. Ido, this will be fun. Tell me what the future looks like for Daily Dev, the product, and for your team. For the product, the future is a lot more social than what it is today. Expect to see communities inside a product. Expect to see groups that will be formed inside and people share their thoughts. Expect to see new kind of experience that we hope is going to be revolutionary for the developer ecosystem and in ways that you know you can have meaningful conversation so we really have very unique idea and which will come live in the upcoming months we are also discovering or evaluating some ways to make it much easier for you to stay up to date new methods that either involve that may involve or may not involve some of the trending technologies that you see outside, but we do consider what would be the best way to, to change the way people stay up to date as well. From company perspective, we, we want to grow a bit more. We aim to be around like 25, 27 people. So we are very much focused on hiring at this point for engineers, data scientists, and product managers, everything around that. Focus mainly on, on European, Asian, like Middle Eastern countries in our hiring. That's roughly our plans, I think. Wido, let's switch to you. So who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. So there are many from different like aspects. Obviously, different person influence me from different aspects. So there is like the, the entrepreneur 
persona in me that is influenced by the many, you know, well-known people like Paul Glan and Sam Altman and, you know, this gang that I heavily follow on Twitter and I learn a lot from what they share and their approach in general. And I also love to, to take influence from indie makers. This is how Daily Dev started and a big part of me is, is still in love um, with, with indie making and so on. His name is Peter, but he's more known as Levels on Twitter. Also love like reading his, his tweets and how he looks at stuff and how different it is from the typical startup founder or, or the VC perspective. From technical perspective, it's kind of mix of many different people that I follow and I read their content, probably too many to, to, to name. Overall, yeah, this is kind of the mix. Well, if you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Could, could have been something that worked, even worked well, but maybe you'd tweak it a little bit. Looking back, I think what I'll do different, I'll put more emphasis on registered users or making users register more than today or, or what we used to do. Back then, we, we wanted everyone to just join and, and use the product. And also from technical perspective, we didn't want to put so much effort into authentication and so on. But it created such a legacy that we today we still have to deal with from product perspective, technical perspective. So in inside, this is something that I would probably address from the early days, like kind of sign up wall or something. This could be a big game for us right now. Ido, last question. You're getting on a plane, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? I think something that is, is often stressed out by many people, but you can't, you can't highlight it enough, is choosing the right partner. Focused on that more than anything, like until you... It, you... you very fast, you, you'll know if they are the wrong partners for you, but it will take time to understand that they are the right. So it's like when you choose a partner in life, right? Your wife or, or whatever. It's a long relationship. You're probably going to be with these guys for like 10 years. You're going to see them half a day, if not more, every day. Make sure you have a good time with them. Otherwise, none of it is will matter and you have no chance to succeed. So this is the, the first step in, uh, in building a startup, I guess. That's great advice. Belito, thank you for being on the show today and thank you for telling the creation story of Daily Dev. Thank you very much. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.